So before we get started, please take a minute to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter at iShipItPod. You can also visit us on our website, iShipItPod.com, or email any questions or comments directly at iShipItPod, or to, uh, to us, to us at iShipItPodGmail.com. Every time I say this, I feel like Alexi Darling from Buzzline. <laughs> You can email me at darlingalexinewscom.net or you can page me at... But if you are feeling supportive and you want to help us grow, you can donate via PayPal, shop our Amazon affiliate link, or buy us a coffee. And last but certainly not least, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends that you ship it. Pretty please. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed... What? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. I don't care. I ship Hello, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. What up, my friends? I'm back home where I'm supposed to be in my citadel, not traveling, not sitting on the floor of a hotel room in Louisiana or Cleveland or all those other places I went this past spring and summer. Um, yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be home-based for a little bit. Uh, the traveling has ceased for my job for a minute. It should pick back up again in September, but I've got a nice little break. So I'm back in my citadel doing what I love. Uh, which is, you know, bringing you guys the good word of fanfic each and every week. So, hope we're all doing well. Hope we're getting through the summer A-OK. Everybody's watched all of the Stranger Things and has fallen into the discourse and um, come up with their own theories about what's going on with with our chief and everything like that. I've heard, actually, a bunch of people have reached out to share their theories with me, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful. I love hearing from you guys. Um... Some people have reached out just to tell me, like, things that their friends are saying. And I'm like, your friends are wrong. Sorry. I mean, I don't want to, you know, secondhand argue with anybody. But straight up, like, tell your friend they're wrong. Um, you know who you are, people who've done that. So, um, yeah, here it is. Your friends are wrong <laughs> with the theories they've presented about Hopper. Um, I don't want to get into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm literally just rewatching season three right now. So it's fresh in my mind and remembering uh, so much to love about that series. We're not talking about Stranger Things, though, this week. Um, It's a good time to be a nerd because, or a geek or whatever we're calling ourselves this week, speaking of, because um, a whole big crazy-ass thing just happened last week, I want to say, last week or two weeks ago. I wasn't paying attention. It's not like I was there. I guess it was last week. Yeah, it's not like I was there. I mean, this podcast is very successful for Emily's standards, but not enough to merit an invitation to, what am I talking about? The geek-tastic social event of the season, San Diego Comic-Con 2019, just wrapped up. whole bunch of stuff comes out of there every single year. It's always the... Uh, like the big pinnacle event of the summer where you get to hear all the announcements and you get to hear what's going on and what's coming and usually that's where they drop trailers first and give you little tidbits to chew on for a while until something else is released. It's also when they premiere uh, clips and footage that don't have all of the CG finished yet so I feel like there's a lot of like partially finished CGI nightmares that are showcased at uh, SDCC, but it's fine. I would like to go some year. Uh, super close one time, Jared and I had the time and money and um, ability and interest in everything that was going to be happening that year. Uh, almost went, almost bought tickets, but when the time came to buy tickets, we were en route to my brother's wedding in some of the worst weather, thanks Pennsylvania, I've ever seen in my entire life. And because we were traveling through backcountry roads, we had no reception, so I couldn't use my, you know, 3G at that point network, my mobile data to get us tickets, which we had like the money sitting in our account waiting to go. Um, And by the time we got back into reception or whatever, um, they had sold out. So like, I love you, brother, but thanks for uh, being the reason I couldn't go to Comic-Con in 2015. 
which is when I think everybody would have been there for Civil War. Um, so I could have breathed the same air as some of all of some or all of my faves. It would have been a whole thing. Anyway, it's fine. I'm not holding grudges for five straight years, but maybe a little bit because what else do siblings do other than that? Hold grudges forever. Never let anything go. That is the rule of a sibling. Um, if you have a successful relationship with your sibling, let me know. I've never seen one or heard of one that doesn't involve those rules. That's how we roll in my house anyway. So this year, 2019, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, um, I was, you know, sitting here just brining away in my own salt, green with envy, because of course I was not there. <clears throat> and, um, but I did do, I wanted to do a little recap of some things that I'm excited about that were announced. So obviously Marvel kind of owns the whole thing. I mean, they don't, but like they do all the biggest stuff and people go there for the Marvel announcement. So they did roll out uh, phase five, I guess is what it's called. Maybe phase four. I don't really know. I wasn't paying attention to the phase numbers. And as I just recently re-listened to our end game recap, I could not remember if that was phase three or phase four. So it, I, to me, it does not matter. They rolled out the next couple phases of their universe and um some exciting things <coughs> the number one biggest thing that i was excited about was that um they got into the black widow movie that's coming out next year i've only been waiting for this film since 2010 when uh, Natasha Romanoff was introduced in Iron Man 2. So I am so excited, so excited for this. And every little tidbit, every little snack that I get about this movie makes me more and more excited. But I'm not going to watch any trailers except the one. Um, that's my rule with Marvel movies. Thanks, Age of Ultron. You fucking ruined it for everybody. Um, because if you remember during Age of Ultron, and they, I don't know that they did this with the other ones, or maybe I just wasn't a mega super fan but yet, but okay, so when Age of Ultron came out, I swear they had like 47 different trailers. And maybe it wasn't just trailers, but it was trailers and TV spots and Super Bowl commercials and other commercials. And if you enter this contest, you get this little piece of footage. And if you do this, you get this piece of footage. And if you share this email, blah, 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 blah. And I was dumb. And I did every possible thing that I could to get as much of that movie into my face as possible before I went to see it. And when I went to see it, Shipper City, I was so disappointed. Not just because it's the most mediocre of the Avengers films. But because I hadn't I already had seen 90% of it in the in the fucking trailers. Um and they do this. They do this with everything. All of their films now. Like and I was like, well maybe that was just a fluke. And I think I did it with the next one too. I was like, I'll oh, just watch what they have, you know, and then I couldn't help myself and I wanted to see um Civil War but it, I don't know, maybe it was Civil War. I'm not really sure. But anyway, I saw that they were just, they were continuing to do it. That it was like, this was the new trend. It's just fucking releasing all of this footage in trailers and telling the whole movie, not trusting your audience to be smart and force, like, you know, spoon feeding the entire storyline ahead of time. Anyway, it's, I've had to police myself because Marvel, for all of their talk about secrecy and how they're, you know, shooting themselves in the feet by not letting actors read full scripts. Hi, looking at you. Uh, Endgame, looking right in your face. Um, you know, this secrecy and no spoilers and all this bullshit. They're really bad about keeping it in their pants when it comes to trailers. Like, I don't necessarily need to know what the movie's about. I'm going to go fucking see it, okay? If it's got all my faves... And I trust you guys to tell a decent story. I'm going to go see it. I don't need to see, you know, the entire storyline laid out or even really need to know what the whole movie's about. It should be a little bit of a question mark, right? So as excited as I am about Black Widow, I will be doing what I do and limiting myself to exactly one trailer. Um, it will probably be the first one. That's never the best trailer. Everyone's always like, oh, but the one that came out next, blah, blah, blah. Don't care. I don't care. 
I do not care if the next trailer is the best or the second to last or the Super Bowl TV spot. Don't give a shit. I'm watching the first trailer and then guess what? All of my Tumblr, <laughs> all my Tumblr um, block tags go back up. Now, when Endgame came out, I had to wait two weeks to see it. And my Tumblr was so empty because I had hidden spoilers. And so on Tumblr, when you block a tag, it, it still shows you that there is a post, but that it was blocked. So it's like a big white box that says this post contains block tag and it tells you what it is. So those two weeks between when Endgame came out and when I got to see it and I took those tags down was just nothing but those white boxes. It was pointless to be on Tumblr. It was so sad. But so anyway, so I will be watching one trailer. I will be putting my blocked spoiler tags up. And I'll tell you right now that no matter what happens in this movie, I will enjoy it more than if I knew everything going into it. That's just what that's what I've learned from Marvel. So, but what we do know is that they are, um, it is a prequel, obviously, to Endgame, um, because those piece of shit writers uh, didn't care that she was getting her own solo film afterwards, or didn't, they claim they didn't know, but this has been in the works for a very long time. So they, I think, really just wanted to murder Natasha, and they did. Um, So this is obviously a prequel. I am hoping, 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 hoping that it is a, like a much, you know, way before prequel, um, before she, you know, joins the Avengers kind of thing, but there's no guarantee on that. Um, but they are doing what I think is the most, one of the most interesting storylines for the Black Widow, which is the Yelena uh, storyline. And I forget Yelena's last name. It does matter, but I don't remember it. Um, but Yelena is the next Black Widow after Natasha um, defects. So they're, you know, kind of a perfect foil to one another. Um, They're the same, they're the same level of skill. They have all the same training. They were both, you know, considered the most deadly and they, all the whole thing. Um, So it's not necessarily maybe that Natasha's good, but she's not working for the KGB anymore. And Yelena is, as far as I know. Um, also something super exciting is that David Harbour is in this and he's playing somebody, I think the character's name is the Red Guardian. Um, and I, we've had, you know, one long episode and then, uh, a relatively, you know, in-depth thirst, uh, thirst session with Ange about how much we all love David Harbour on this show. And we do. And I'm super excited to see him in this role. I thought he might be like her handler. Um, I don't know anything about it. I almost don't even want to read the comics now because I want to see what they do. I don't want to be like hoping that they'll include something that I know happens. Basically, I don't want to, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. I'm, I'm trying so hard to be optimistic about this, but it's, it's, there's been some discourse lately. We'll get into it in a minute. But uh, according to what I've seen, um, this Red Guardian or Red whatever he is, is supposed to be like Russia's version of Captain America. Now, I don't know if that means he has been super soldiered. Um, if he has serum like Steve and Bucky, um, I don't know what it means. I do know that as far as like... <laughs> physical form goes and I don't want this to sound like it's a negative thing but like David Harbour doesn't look like the Russian version of Captain America and perhaps the Russians wanted uh, a Captain America that still had a protective layer because it is very cold there I don't know they maybe didn't want him lean and all you know cut out with the abs you can do your laundry on or whatever but it's it feels like a bit of a stretch. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I love David Harbour. I want to see what this is about. I don't know what to expect, and I'm curious. If the Russian version of Captain America is, you know, kind of chubby and teddy bear-like, that makes me very happy. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect. If you guys know what's coming... Um, hint to me 
don't outright tell me. And for the love of God, don't tell me what comic book to read because I don't trust myself not to just go purchase it and spoil all of this for myself. Okay, so tread lightly with me. That being said, this movie comes out next year. So I will probably talk about it now if there's ever an update. (laughs) If there's ever an update. The next time there's an update, I might bring it up. I'll probably do my best to forget about it so that I don't wear myself out wondering between now and then. Okay, I gotta gotta pace myself. I gotta take care of myself in my fandoms. So that's Black Widow. Um, They also announced two other movies, um, Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, which I guess they've been secretly leaving Easter eggs about the Ten Rings um, since Iron Man 1. So since the very first, uh, since Tony Stark was kidnapped, um, the people that he had been kidnapped by were members of these this terrorist group called the Ten Rings. And if you remember in Iron Man 3, uh, Ben Kingsley played the Mandarin, um, who was supposed to be this like uber, ultra scary bad guy. Um, and he was not. He was lying and faking and pretending to be the Mandarin. Um, David Feige has said that the Mandarin is a real character and he was very mad about what happened in Iron Man 3 um, and he is a real villain and very scary and he's going to be the main villain in this um, Shang-Chi Legends of the Legend of the, yeah, Legends of the Ten Rings I'm, I'm curious about that I don't know anything about Shang-Chi I don't know anything about the Ten Rings um, that one might be something I go into completely blind because why not you know, I there's only there's only so much time in a life. I don't know that I can get deeply invested in every single new character that is introduced in the MCU. Um, I might go totally blind into that one, and I you know what I will probably really enjoy it because that's what happened when I went to see Doctor Strange. Speaking of, he's also getting another movie, and it is call uh, considered the first scary movie that Marvel's ever made. Um, now, I know that Doctor Strange has a bit of a weird place in the MCU fandom. People love to hate on Doctor Strange and Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. There's a lot of baggage there. There's a lot to unpack. I'm not going to get into even a little bit of it, but to say that I really like Doctor Strange. Um it was, it was a fun movie. It was one of those days. Jared and I did uh, what we used to do. Um, back when there were a lot of movies we wanted to see. It was a doubleheader day. So we we went to see two movies in the same day. And Doctor Strange was my pick. Um, And actually, I think, you know what? It was Doctor Strange and Fantastic Beasts. That was a good day. That was a good day for fantasy in our house. I think we got Thai food afterwards. Mmm, that was a good day. Um, But so we saw Doctor Strange in the theater, and it was just like, it's just good. Just like a fun, good sci-fi movie about time manipulation and monsters and stuff and it's benedict cumberbatch who doesn't love benedict cumberbatch a bunch of fucking people on the internet emily that's who that's who doesn't love benedict cumberbatch um but i like him i loved him in uh the uh imitation game that movie reached into my heart and grabbed it it reached into my chest grabbed my heart and then just raked it over um a parmesan cheese grater uh the entire movie it was beautiful and heartbreaking and I don't want to get into that anyway I like him I love him I think he's a great Sherlock I think he's a great actor and I think he does a very good job as Doctor Strange and I realize that this may alienate me from some of you and that's a risk I'm willing to take to provide you with my unsolicited opinion there you go that being said this second movie being uh, I didn't write the name of it down Uh, being the first scary movie that Marvel's ever made, I am now very intrigued. I love me some horror movies. Y'all know this. I will watch anything ghost-related, anything demons, monsters, fucking found footage of people running around scared out of their minds because there's, you know, noises in the woods at night. Give it to me. Mm, I'll just gobble it all up. So if we can combine my uh, my favorite comic book you know, um, super, super, uh, superpower of Marvel making my favorite genre of movie. I'm, I'm intrigued again. I'm hesitant to get my hopes up too high 
with just about anything these days, but I am intrigued and I will absolutely be going to see it. Now, I wasn't super, th- I was like, eh, okay, cool, another another um, Doctor Strange movie. Eh. And then when they said uh, it was scary, I was like, fuck it, I'm there, I'm already buying a ticket. So good job, good job. Um, then they went over the... Um, the TV stuff that's happening. Obviously, we're soaked here uh, at I Ship It about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, our two favorite guys, uh, New Cap, Sam as New Captain America, and Bucky as the Winter Soldier still. Um, I'm hoping there's some buddy cop vibes. It's it's going to be great because it's Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, and they love each other, and they love working together, and it's going to be hilarious. Um, and probably be sad too at some points and deep and poignant and wonderful and I can't fucking wait that's the big one all right so then we have Loki uh, Loki's series uh, just called Loki with I'm sure y'all have seen this on the internet Um, I don't know if it's it's not just me I know I'm not alone in my principles here I want to go ahead and say the worst logo in the history of graphic design someone came up with for the Loki series. I'm going to post a picture of it on our Instagram um, so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. Oh my God. It is horrible. It's like a fourth grader who just learned how to do word art came up with this. It's all different. I mean, I don't even know where to start except that when somebody showed it to me, it reminded me of... um, Webdings. Do you know from like MS Word 97? No, some of you weren't born yet, but bear with me. Uh, Microsoft Word like 97 had a font. It might still be in the office suite, but nobody's ever used it ever. Um, called Webdings. And it's just like weird little symbols. Um, I remember when I was a kid and I was writing stories on my mom's computer or on the desktop, rather. It's not like we all had our own personal computers. On the desktop, and I needed to have, like, you know, a secret alien language or something, or, like, something that nobody would understand. Always webdings was always the thing you wrote, you know, you you copy and pasted, or not copy and pasted, but you'd select your ransom note or whatever you wrote in, in Word, and then you'd change the font to webdings and make it look all mysterious. Um, that's what this fucking logo looks like. And given the amount of money that is sitting in the bank accounts of everybody at Marvel, you can afford somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing when it comes to graphic design and developing a logo for what is, to most people, an incredibly highly anticipated series about their favorite character. I say most people because, honestly... I don't, I am not a Loki fangirl anymore. I have not consumed the Loki Kool-Aid in a very long time. He is not my fave. I don't really understand why he keeps getting resurrected and given new things. I get that now he's, this is going to go from the alternate timeline of him stealing the Tesseract in Endgame. And then it's like, I think the thing I read was, like, he's going to bounce around through history and, like, um, influence certain people at certain key moments. I assume it's going to be something like he shows up in ancient Rome and is like, hey, Brutus, Cassius, your boss is a real dick. You guys should totally get together and, like, stab Caesar and, like, a bunch of that stuff, Um, you know something like that like he's gonna like you know convince the guy who starts you know Gabriela Precept to uh to shoot you know Ferdinand and and get the whole World War One thing rolling I don't know I don't know what the hell it's gonna be um I'm not gonna watch it I mean I'm gonna I've already told Jer we have to get the fucking Disney streaming service for at least a month so that I can give all of these shows a try um, so I will try it, but I'm not looking forward to it. And and I don't... I don't know. That makes me feel bad because I did start out loving Loki so much, but I really feel like maybe he was maybe it was a disservice done to him by the writing, but I think he's kind of tired. I think he's kind of boring now, and I'd be happy to see them, the entire fandom, move on to somebody else. But that's 
clearly not going to happen. And it's probably going to start a whole new revival of rabid Loki fangirls given uh, this new series. So that's happening. Whatever. Uh, there's another thing called or this Wanda's series, uh, and Vision is going to be in it as well. Um, it's very creatively called WandaVision, um, which sounds to me like a product you could buy from um, Zonko's Joke Shop in Hogsmeade Village in Harry Potter, or possibly something from Willy Wonka, some kind of like crazy googly-eyed glasses, WandaVision. Um, I don't know what the hell that's going to be about, and I probably could have looked it up. It's not moving the needle for me. Not a huge Vision fan. Like Wanda, really, you know, love Wanda. Wish she had more to do in the MCU, so I'm excited that she's going to get some screen time but I was kind of hoping it would be sans vision but who listens to me you guys and no one else so as grateful as I am for that unfortunately don't look to see my opinions coming true anytime soon um they also mentioned their animated series what if and I don't care about that at all so I'm not even gonna get into it um which leads me to something else that happened at Comic-Con. And it's it's bringing me into something. I think I'm going to start a segment um, because it happens a lot. And I think it's time to start quantifying and um, start really, you know, breaking this podcast up into what other podcasts do. And they have segments. So this is a segment. We're starting this now. Uh, there might be theme music. I don't know. Who knows? how this could go and grow, grow and progress, but this segment is called Why So Salty? And it will be a weekly visit into what has turned me so angry and salty and soaking in brine about fandom this week. And this week, it is because of something that happened at Comic-Con and a, a headline that I read that literally did a record scratch in my brain. I I was on my way to work. I was, you know, listening to music. I was thinking about the week ahead. I was trying to plan. I was trying to be a productive adult. And I came across this headline and I had to shut my body down for a second because I was so horrified. So the headline is from BuzzFeed. There will be a link. Um... It says Captain America was supposed to be decapitated and the scene sounds crazier than the whole rest of the movie or something like that. I'm not reading word for word. You'll see it in the notes. It's from BuzzFeed and it outlines how Joe and Anthony Russo, who at this point, guys, shut the fuck up. You are dangerously close to ruining this movie for me forever to the point that I can't even watch it and cherry pick my favorite parts from it because of all the shit that you're saying. So Joe and Anthony Russo are why I'm so salty this week. That's that's the main, that's the headline here. Um, so they talked about this scene where in, you know, the f- one of the drafts of Endgame, and, and Chelsea and I talked about this, that every time something mentioned, is mentioned about how something almost got made, you know, almost made it into the movie, it's, you know, a reminder that we have not fallen so far from God's light because he saved us. Somebody in the universe saved us from having to experience this. This fucking scene is described as, in the original idea... Um, and several drafts later, uh, several drafts later, Nebula was supposed to, um, there was supposed to be, Thanos was supposed to show up in 2014 and have a big showdown with the 2014 Avengers while Nebula went to 2023 and opened the portal to bring them all there. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. What was supposed to happen is that Thanos, during this battle, was not only supposed to murder my boy, uh, Stephen Grant Rogers, but then decapitate him, roll up to the club in 2023, and like bowling ball style roll Captain America's head to the feet of 2023 Steve Rogers as like a mic drop moment. (laughs) 
Um, and and when I read this, I'm so sad that this is a audio only visual medium because the face that I made that I'm making now thinking about this it is that has to be one of the most horrific things I have ever heard in my life okay so that's that happened that is an idea that Marcus and McFeely and the Russo brothers came together to agree upon that they really liked it and they really wanted to have this scene. And then Joe Russo, I believe, said that the reason it didn't make it into the movie was because it didn't work. So he's like, we clung to that idea. We really fought for that idea. We wanted that to happen so badly. And we just couldn't, you know, we kept... We kept rewriting and we kept, you know, cutting and changing and shifting and blah, blah, blah. And and it just wouldn't work. So, Shipper City, what I'm led to believe is it we didn't have to experience the horror of watching our beloved Captain America be decapitated and then have his severed head rolled across a battlefield to his own feet as like a haha look how evil i am moment we didn't watch that not because a human being stepped in and said hi uh rooster brothers marcus and, marcus and mcfeely you're actually sociopaths please sign up for prison at your earliest convenience that's never going to be in a film that marvel cinematic universe gets behind because we are owned by a giant cartoon mouse named disney um people bring their children to these movies okay we're not doing that. It's not happening. No, no, nobody stepped in. Nobody told them no. Nobody said this isn't going to work because it's horrifying and you'll ruin people's lives. No, the reason we didn't have to experience that as a species is because it just didn't quite fit. After all, it just didn't work. You know, then this was a something that they sadly, sadly had to let go so like holy goddamn christ (laughs) wow wow that's a horrible thing that is a horrible horrible thing there was an interview that i watched where they talked about it again and the interviewer's face is very similar to the one that i made she is horrified the guy she's sitting next to is horrified and he's like don't you think that'd be a little dark And these fuckers are like, no, it's a dark movie. You know, Thanos is a dark guy. Fuck you. Fuck you. People don't go to see these movies to watch their favorites be decapitated and turned into piles of dust. Okay? Fuck you. We wanted to see, you know, 16 more years of Avengers living as a family in the tower eating shawarma. So you clearly aren't in tune with your audience at all. (sighs) The next thing that these fuckballs said. Oh, boy. All right, y'all, here's the thing. Okay, we all listen to the Endgame recap. We all know my feelings on Steve's ending um, and how there's really only one way that I will accept it, and it's it doesn't matter. Um, the discourse that has cropped up around Steve going back in time to be with Peggy is intense. <laughs> it has divided the fandom what was once something we could all agree on which was like oh, steve and peggy you know we're all we were all kind of steggy shippers at heart you know it would have been nice they were a nice little what might have been but it was never going to be canon so we were all like oh but you know cute there was a that was a nice thing that you know whatever now now that it might be canon i still haven't accepted it uh it might be canon um, wow. Guys, don't go on Tumblr and look at, like, the Steggy tags. Because I didn't know I had this in me. I had to block Steggy as a tag on Tumblr. I can't look at fucking fan art anymore. I can't watch manips. I can't watch videos. I can't I can't read fic about it. it I don't want it. Because all I'm thinking about is, like, because they're all saying it's not, you know, alternate universe shit. They're all, like drinking the Kool-Aid from Marcus and McFeely saying that it's like that's always what happened and he was always her husband and all that other shit 
you know, which which politely ignores the nightmare of Sharon Carter. So it's all that shit, and people are getting fucking vicious if you are not on board. So, like, I'm upset about this, right? And um, I think that the creators of Endgame kind of, I don't think they're stupid. I think that they know that 90% of the fandom is not thrilled with how they ended Steve's character. Because I think you'd have to be really dumb and really full of yourself to not at least be mildly aware that there are a lot of people that went, hmm? And and when people in fandom go, hmm? It doesn't necessarily always end well for you as a content creator. Now, granted, I don't need to be listening to these interviews, right? I have said time and time again, I am a fanfic writer the fuck do I care what a content creator has to say? He's already given me these characters. You can't fucking take that shit back. I will take them and do whatever the fuck I want. Thank you very much. And I have. But they are kind of like doubling down on this this Steve and Peggy thing about how like, yes, this is her, his, you know, Sticky is endgame and Peggy is Steve's endgame and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of things that I don't like about that. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're really erasing all of the things that I loved about Peggy, which none of them had anything to do with Steve. And they're making her entire arc and storyline and life just all about him and vice versa. They're making his entire thing about getting back to her. And that's so pathetic when you think about all of the potential that there was and all the work that he did as a character. Anyway, that doesn't matter. So the thing that really, to, to conclude my why so salty segment this week is that I guess in Endgame um, in the special features which it comes out to um, own on streaming this week so they're you know doing the Marvel thing and they're releasing way too much of it too soon so they're releasing all the special features ahead of time and one of the special features is about Steve and Peggy and their dance and I'm not gonna fucking watch it because I'm furious I'll watch the bloopers, I'll watch the deleted scenes, but if you think I'm gonna waste any second watching what garbage comes out of these two people's mouths, because I'm gonna tell you what happens right now. I guess they say something along the lines of like, how Peggy is the most important relationship in Steve's life and how she is the reason that he became Captain America. Like, she's the whole defining point of his character. Like, everything that makes him Cap came from meeting Peggy. And I didn't know I had opinions on this, but boy ever do I have, maybe not opinions, but maybe just unadulterated rage. I have a lot of rage about this. Because fucking Steve was captain america before he was anything else he had everything every last thing about him was captain america before he was given that serum before he went to camp lehigh before he was recruited at all before he ever knew peggy he was who he was because of his single immigrant poor amazing wonderful mother sarah Um, She raised him to be the kind of man that he is and to never back down and to always get back up and to protect the little guy, even though he was the little guy. Um, Sarah Rogers' influence is pretty much the reason Steve was getting his ass kicked in every alley, you know, in Brooklyn because he couldn't, you know, deal with injustice. And he got that from her and from Bucky and from everything that he was before he met Peggy. I'm not saying Peggy wasn't important, but to say that she's the reason that he became Captain America, go fuck yourselves. Like, that is such a disservice to his entire character as a whole. Again, that's why I'm now anti this. I hate this about myself. But here we are, soaking in brine over it. So don't come out. Don't, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. If you disagree with me, fine. Enjoy your canon, whatever. Um, I don't want to fight with you about it. I actually don't even want to think about it. I'm pretending actively from this moment forward that that didn't happen. And that the fan fiction that I am writing right now is what 
actually happened. If anybody needs, it is shell chalk, I'll warn you. If anybody needs a distraction from Canon and from these very angry Steggy fans, um, I have a fake that I, I'll happily recommend to you. It is my own. I don't usually do that, um, but I will send you a link and you can you can come away to Shield Chalkland with me. I am doing my best to give us all a safe haven over there. So, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. Now, okay, so salty time is over. Uh, back to the sweetness, which, which is the really great sweetness, and I saved it for last because I am really excited about it. Um, it is that, and I, I didn't think I would be, and then, and then Comic-Con happened, and now I'm like, <laughs> Um, and that is that there is going to be a fourth Thor movie. What? Um, Thor is getting a fourth movie. He is breaking the mold of all of the other original, you know, Avengers other than Clint and, oh yeah, there's a Hawkeye TV show too. Anyway, I don't care. Um, Clint and Natasha getting, you know, and Hulk, I guess, getting three movies. Um, he is now getting a fourth and it's called Thor 4 Love and Thunder. Uh, and it is directed again by Taika Watiki, um, who I was not excited about because, hey, he did Ragnarok, and we all know how I feel about Ragnarok. But I was like, eh, whatever, I mean, I'll probably go and see it. And um, because I'm actually kind of curious, like, what would they be doing with Thor, you know, being um, Berserker Thor? and uh, traveling with guardians, like would it be a crossover? What the hell's going on there? I don't know. Um, but so Taika's back and they are doing a different storyline, which is the Mighty Thor uh, storyline in the comics, which is when Jane fucking Foster picks up the hammer and turns into Lady Thor. Now, she doesn't call herself Lady Thor. In the comics, she's called the Mighty Thor. Um, and it's Jane Foster. And Natalie Portman is coming back to be the Mighty Thor. Jane Foster as Thor, holding the hammer, saving Asgard, all the magic and the lightning and the thunder and all the things. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because we all know how I feel about how Jane was, you know, written off off screen and she her character was shit on all over the place and they said she wasn't you know his equal and she wasn't she was just pretty and blah, blah, blah fuck you guys anyway fuck all the haters jane's amazing i love jane jane's coming back to be the mighty thor there is a chance i'm asking all of you so much to please um continue your excitement and i guess a lot of this has been happening already um so let's just keep it going keep building the wave of yes we want Jane back but we also want Darcy back it would be so great it would be wonderful Kat Dennings has said she would happily come back because um, she loves Taika Waititi um, and uh, she would happily come back and would you know love to play Darcy again there's plenty of opportunity please make it happen I've added him on Twitter uh, a bunch of other people have too keep tagging him keep 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 this going um he's a comedy guy darcy's a funny character she was the comic relief in the first two so there's no reason she couldn't be of amazing use in this new movie um but so so i i didn't know anything about uh thor jane jane thor lady thor mighty thor whatever the fuck you want to call it so i went looking to see what the storyline was and it's kind of really sad um in the comics, anyway, Jane is uh, fighting breast cancer, and every time she picks up the hammer and she gets these powers, um, the way it works is it takes everything, all of the toxins, it cleans all of the toxins out of her body, like the magic, cleans all of the toxins out of her body. But it doesn't take the cancer away, it only takes the chemo away. Um, and so her cancer keeps spreading every time she's making herself sicker, basically every time she, she turns into Thor and, um, you know, has all this power and can do all these good things, but she's physically, you know, damaging herself more and more every time she picks it up. And it's just like, that idea is so fucking heartbreaking. I don't, 
I don't know if they're going to go that route. I think it'd be really interesting to see. Um, I'll happily watch it. I'm very excited. Uh, Valkyrie is also going to be back, and she's going to be king. And big exciting news about that. Um, not only is she going to be king, she's not going to be queen, she's going to be fucking king. She is supposed to be, according to Kevin Feige anyway, they're going to allow her to wear the mantle of first openly gay character in the MCU. First openly gay main character in the MCU. Um, which is awesome. She's going to be allowed to be bi. And... Um, allowed to not just say she's bi but also i believe have a female love interest which would be great that would be awesome like i'm very excited but there's a part of me that thinks you know they're they're hanging all this lantern on her being you know the first only gay blah 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 blah, blah big strides lgbt community yeah 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 kevin feige pretend like you're an ally whatever um but uh have you forgotten the true LGBTQ plus uh, uh, creation, the first true hero uh, of the gay community, um, Joe Russo as unnamed gay extra number 35 in Endgame. I mean, he walked so you guys could run, Valkyrie. Like, let's pay him some respect, okay? Truly going out on a limb there. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, paving the way for the MCU. So let's not forget our roots remember where we came from all right let's let's remember all the barriers that unnamed gay extra number 35 joe russo broke with his shattering performance in endgame i said i was done with assault i guess i wasn't i guess that was a little extra sprinkle in what was supposed to be a very sweet segment about how excited i am for love and thunder and i am i am very excited for love and thunder i will talk about that more when i know more and if darcy comes back you guys are going to get so fucking sick of hearing me talk about it because I will be so excited. Also, Kat Dennings has a new series coming out in November. It's called Dollface. It's going to be on Hulu. I am really excited about that. If for no other reason, then it will give me more photos of her. Not at premieres, not in photo shoots to build photo sets for my Darcy Lewis fan fictions. And that's really all I'm asking for in my life. Thanks. Back to Lady Thor. She is the topic of our fan fiction this week. I was excited to see that there was not a lot, but there are some. And hopefully with this announcement, there will be more fanfics about uh, Jane Foster as Thor. Um, it is something along the lines of like Thor is actually not just his name, but it's a title in Asgard. And um, when Jane is Thor, our Thor is called Odin's son, um, which makes sense. But that just just keep that in mind when you're reading the fix because it does come up a couple times. The one I read um, that I'm recommending is "If She Be Worthy" by Rosilla. Rosilla actually has a few Lady Thor fix, all of which are great. I read them all today. Um, please check them out. But If She Be Worthy is kind of a close interpretation, a close following of the um, the Jane Foster storyline. And I think it's actually a really great place to start if you, like me, are unfamiliar with the character of Lady Thor and all that goes along with it. So it's five chapters. It's under 10,000 words. I read it on transit this weekend. Um, it was not hard at all. It was very well written. Uh, she has a great grasp on Thor, or sorry, on Jane as Jane and Jane as Thor. I thought it was believable. I was excited. I loved it. Um, and I'm recommending it to you. So it is called, again, If She Be Worthy. As always, you'll get a link by Rosilla. Um, and then I'm going to end this with actually something I don't usually do, but I, I am doing it now. Um, I have a podcast recommendation for you guys. If you like my podcast which hopefully if you've gotten to the end of this you do um this is also you know episode like 55 so i assume you like something i'm doing if you like podcasts that just kind of shoot from the hip and tell you all the things um and talk about creative things let's let's say that this could be literally any podcast i'm about to recommend but um especially ones that deal with creative process and like i talk about writing a lot on this about fanfic and fandom and all that stuff and characterization and all that other crap this podcast is called writers emerging 
Um, and it is a writing specific or podcast specifically for writers. So it's three friends who um, have been writing, you know, all their lives and they have a different topic each week um, that just kind of delves. It's like a deep dive into a new facet of writing. Um, sometimes it's character, sometimes it's setting, it's placing that if you are a new writer, if you are somebody without a writing tribe, um, i.e. people in your life or on the internet um, that you can send your shit to and be like, hey, I need to talk this out. If you don't have a sounding board or a tribe or a community or whatever, um, I'm not saying that they'll, they'll you know, listen to your stories necessarily. They might. You can ask them. I don't know. Um, but it is a great place to hear other people talk about their ideas and how their people talk about writing and their struggles and the things that they like. They're very relatable women. Um, they're very fun to listen to. I felt like I was just listening to my girlfriends talk. Again, it's called Writers Emerging. I'll leave the link um, to the it's just the one that I grabbed from my um, from my podcast addict their notes there I'll leave that in my notes as well um, give them a listen 45 minutes ish each episode there's only six or seven so far it's brand new um, they're ironing out the kinks give them a listen give them a review we all know about iTunes iTunes reviews guys and how they're worth their weight in gold so go review them uh, give them a little boost and um yeah tell them tell them mj sent you <laughs> or don't i don't give a shit just enjoy it um it's a good it's a good resource they're very knowledgeable they're very passionate and they're fun to listen to so give them give them a uh, give them a spin all right so that's your homework for the week your recommendations your unsolicited barrage of opinions from me about steggy and joe russo and anthony russo um, and what else are you here for if not for that, right? Anyway, uh, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. You guys have a wonderful week. I love you so much, and I really, really, really want you to get your ship together. <laughs> <laughs>